Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home, live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. Well, I'm going to say it yet again. Happy New Year. I can't believe we have completed the first week of 2024, but it's wonderful to be with you. I hope that you feel like you've, you know, gone over the holidays and gotten into what are maybe your new resolutions, your new goals and a new outlook and just feeling really good about what's coming. Um, I'm going to say it right here. I'm going to choose a happy, healthy, prosperous, successful and joyful life. There you have it. I'm putting it down there right now on my big list for resolutions for 2024. Well, we have a great show for you today and a lot of really wonderful guests with great advice, some uh, things you may have heard of and may not have heard of. The first story is a really special one, one that has uh, really changed a, a, a wonderful way of people adopting children in this country. Um, It is so unique, and it was started by a lovely woman by the name of Monica Kelsey. She herself had a story of adoption in her childhood, and she went on to create something that she saw a great need for, and indeed, it is being swept across the nation. Started in Indiana, actually, but has grown across many, many states now. It is the Safe Haven Baby Boxes Incorporated, and these are baby boxes that are actually attached to a hospital, a firehouse, a police station. And these safe haven baby boxes are where any woman who is perhaps going through a crisis pregnancy and doesn't know what to do but wants to um, have the baby that she has be safely taken care of without any questions asked, completely anonymous, she can place her baby into a baby box. And within a literal minute and a half or so, there is a first responder there to be notified that the baby is there and then take it to be taken care of um, at a hospital. And it's such an amazing thing. So many babies have been um, found this way and have been now adopted into loving families. In fact, the very latest one has, is was included in um, a national story. He's from Mishawaka, Indiana, and he's a police officer, and he and his wife adopted a baby that was uh, left in one of the baby boxes. So it truly is something that is changing the lives, not only for these babies, but for the families who get to have them. And we're going to hear the story from the woman who founded it all, Monica Kelsey, coming up. We're also going to hear from Peter talking about some great alternatives to dairy. And that would be with something that I have totally um, started uh, drinking myself, and that is vegan options to dairy different nut milks, everything from coconut milk to almond milk and uh, even oat milk. There's a lot even more than that, macadamia nut milk. And they're wonderful, delicious, and healthy ways to get uh, the vitamins and calcium that you're looking for. We're going to hear about that and plus a new product, BioVantin, which is helping people during this cold and flu season, um, anything that we can get that could possibly help uh, alleviate some of the symptoms during this time, and uh, so much more. Charlie Neal is also here. He's a legendary sportscaster who, after so many years, he is doing something even newer now on an app um, for HBC Go, and we're going to tell you all about that as well, plus good news stories at the end with Jim Cleefield. It's a jam-packed New Year's show 
all brought to you by the beautiful people at Balance of Nature. Balance of Nature fruits and veggies in the whole health system, which also includes fiber and spice. I know you are getting your year off to a healthy start. You've made some resolutions. You've made some decisions about getting your optimum health back on track again. Balance of Nature has been the way that I have been doing it for the past 12 years And I cannot tell you how grateful I am for this wonderful product, which is just fruits and vegetables jam-packed into these capsules and nothing else, absolutely nothing else added but the nutrition and these vegetables and fruits and plus plus the fiber and spice. How do you get yours? You go to balanceofnature.com, balanceofnature.com, and put my name, Laura, into the promo code. You'll get 35% off your first order and free shipping always. When we come back, Monica Kelsey of Safe Haven Baby Boxes and a Happy New Year show for you. I'm Laura Smith. Don't go away. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, always when trying to find appropriate uh, guests, when I say appropriate, I mean guess the kind of go with whatever it is that whatever weekend that we are and around the day that we're broadcasting i had been wanting to have on this particular organization and the founder and ceo for a long time now but today was the perfect day and i'm so grateful to have monica kelsey here she is the ceo and founder of safe haven baby boxes in Indiana, but soon to be in a state near you. Happy Mother's Day, Monica. Oh, thank you so much. Same to you. You have the most probably gut-wrenching, compelling story I've ever read um, on your website there, which uh, talks about how you came to be um, through a very difficult and tragic circumstance, but which probably was the premise for you than doing this that's changing lives. Um, Would you mind telling a little bit of your story? Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, uh, I was adopted. Uh, I always knew that I was adopted, and so it was never a secret. And uh, growing up, uh, I always wanted to meet my biological mother. And I had that opportunity when I was 37 years old. And that became the best and the worst day of my life because... Um, that was the day that I learned the truth of why I was placed for adoption. And uh, I'll take you back to August of 1972 uh, to, to kind of fill you in on the story. Uh, and in August of 1972, a, a young 17-year-old girl was brutally attacked and raped and left along the side of the road. And this, of course, was when abortion was illegal in our country, uh, even in the cases of rape and incest. And I'm not here to debate abortion. I'm just stating the facts. And uh, this 17-year-old girl was was strong enough to press charges against the man who had raped her, and he was arrested and he was charged. And if that wasn't the worst of it, when her life was finally getting back to normal, um, she finds out she's pregnant. And she was hidden for the remainder of the pregnancy and then gave birth in April of 1973 and abandoned her child uh, two hours after that child was born. And and that child was me. So, you know, I stand on the front lines of this movement that I've I've created across America uh, because I I want these mothers to know that there is options for for their child. You know, they don't have to. 
do something that's not safe. And, uh, and so I've come up with a program that allows women anonymity, but still keeping their children safe. And, uh, and so I founded Safe Haven Baby Boxes uh, based on my own beginnings. It's an incredible, incredible story. You um, were abandoned at a hospital, correct, back in 1972? In 1973, yes, at a hospital yes. in Montpelier, Ohio. Okay, so so when when your biological mother had you, she took you to a hospital at least, so you had a chance and you were safe. And um, that that feels like it's the best news. But but from that, so Safe Haven Baby Boxes, for people who don't live in Indiana and have not really heard of them, tell us exactly how they operate. It's it's almost like they're, they're miracles um, in communities, and I'm so grateful to know that you are expanding beyond the state. So uh, tell us exactly how they work. Absolutely. So the baby box is an extension of the already existing safe haven law. And every state in America has a safe haven law where a parent can walk into any hospital in America, hand their their uh, child, their uh, newborn child to a worker there, turn around and walk away and no questions asked. And so I, I built upon that safe haven law, that safe haven statue and said, well, let's give these parents uh, the same protection but let them do it anonymously. And so I created the Safe Haven Baby Box that basically we cut a hole out of the side of a firehouse or a hospital because those are where medical personnel are. And we slide the box in from the outside in. So when a mother walks up to one of our Safe Haven Baby Boxes, all she has to do is open the door an alarm sounds. It doesn't, it's not sounded to her. It's silent to her. Um, she places her, her unharmed newborn in the box she shuts the door and she walks away. There are three alarms on this box that are not connected to each other. So if one was to fail, another one would pick up. So we've tried to make this as, as fail safe as possible. Um, and also the door locks after a baby is placed inside. And that's one of the safety features as well. That allows a parent to know that no one else is going to walk behind them and take this child out of this box except the people on the inside of the building who are trained to do so. Um, we, uh, the average time for infants inside our baby boxes, so from the time mother places baby in until firefighters pull this baby out, is the average time is a, a, about two minutes. So wow. it's, it's pretty incredible uh, the, the technology that we use to ensure the safety of these babies. And these boxes are heated. So it's not like they're going into a cold steel box, which I've heard people say before. These are medical bassinets. These boxes are heated um, and they alarm medical personnel on the inside of the fire station or the inside of the hospital. And so these babies are picked up extremely quickly and given a chance that they don't, that they all deserve. Exactly. And so, uh, so the firefighter or the medical personnel takes the baby out, where do they go with that child, obviously, to get uh, examined? Yeah, so uh, a lot of people don't know this, um, but uh, 99% of our infants that come through our baby boxes are not born in hospitals. Uh, We've had babies that have been placed in our boxes with placenta still attached, cord cut, not clamped. I mean, these are are your at-risk babies that are going to go in a dumpster, 
or they're going to go in a baby box. And so these babies have to get immediate medical care. And so the paramedics at the fire station or the nurses at the hospital, they do immediate medical care and then they transport uh, if it's a fire station to the hospital for a doctor's evaluation. Once that happens and the, the doctors stabilize the baby, uh, the Department of Child Services in most states gets involved at that point and then finds a forever family for this this child. Now, some states also allow for adoption agencies to take custody of these, these children. So they are adopted uh, very quickly, which is um, actually just uh, warms my heart. Yes, it's absolutely incredible. And I, and I imagine they are. I mean, there is a great need for adoptable babies. People are looking for them all the time. And you got the idea for the Safe Haven Baby Boxes when you, on a trip to, was it South Africa, where you had seen one sort of a, and I, a, a sort of a replica of what you've currently made more modern or whatever. Is that where you first had the idea? Yeah, and you saying modern, I just smile because the box that I seen in Cape Town, South Africa, uh, didn't even have like a lot. It would have never passed inspection here in the United States, but it was it was what they used because that's all they had. Um, but yeah, I got the idea. I was walking into a, tur- in a into a church in Cape Town, South Africa, and it's interesting because I believe that Christ puts you where you need where He needs you, and that. Out of a hundred churches in Cape Town, that was the only church that had a baby safe, and that happened to be where I was speaking. And I was so intrigued by this baby safe, I was asking all types of questions. And I, I asked them, you know, uh, do women really use this? And they had saved seven infants that year. And the people who, um, you know, the the people of the church are the ones who adopt these babies. And so it's just a beautiful way of of making sure that. Uh, his children are taken care of. And it, it's, it, I, I was just inspired, absolutely inspired. Absolutely. And, and came home to do it here. Now, uh, as I said, you started in Indiana. Where are Safe Haven Baby Boxes being implemented um, in the country right now? Well, currently we have boxes in 10 different states and we pass legislation in five more states. And then there's a few states that we're launching in that doesn't have legislation that we don't have to have legislation in. So we'll probably be in 20, st- 20 states by the end of the year. And uh, on Wednesday, uh, yesterday, I actually blessed the 145th baby box in the nation in Hobbs, New Mexico. Wow, that must feel just surreal and and incredible to be doing this work. Um, How is it that young people or older people, how can they find out about it if they if they don't listen to my radio station or all the different places where you are or just happen upon your your website? How do people hear about Safe Haven Baby Boxes? Do you go around the country speaking about it to people? I do. I'm actually on planes pretty much every week going somewhere. I I train first responders. I train hospital staff. I go into high schools. That's probably the most important. And then we also have a social media presence. You know, I'm not a, I was, I was never a TikTok fan. Um, but the people who are watching TikTok, TikTok are the people that need to hear my message. And so I, I launched in TikTok back in 2021. And the first video we posted got, like 29 million views wow. and a video we did two months ago. It's, it's almost at 50 million views. And so we're educating people that, that 
there's not even a baby box around. And, and it's interesting because I, you know, this past week has been just, just amazing because Hobbs, New Mexico became the 145th baby box in the nation. I was there blessing it. And then a few hours later, I got a call that a baby was saved in one of our Benton baby boxes in Arkansas. And so it, it, the, the, the uh, the note that was left with this infant in Benton, Arkansas, this mother drove seven hours to keep her child safe and place in one of our boxes. And so I, I always wonder, well, how did how did you hear about us? You know, I mean, you're seven hours away from the closest baby box and it's social media. Social media is social huge. media. Absolutely. When it's used for good, it's it's a miracle and life changing. And so grateful that your message is able to spread that way. Monica Kelsey, you obviously, you were here for a reason. And the way you came into the world, although the beginnings felt or were tragic, um, they have turned into truly the most beautiful story on earth. And honestly, I think this is just going to grow to to such an extent that People will have one wherever they are, and it will be easily accessible, and it hopefully will change the course of some of these infants' lives that would have had a much different ending were it not for Safe Haven Baby Boxes. What is the best website where people can read your story and find out how to maybe get involved? Uh, they can go to our website at shbb.org, or you can just type in Google search at Safe Haven Baby Boxes, and our website will come up. There's lots of ways you can support us. There's lots of ways where you can help and advocate in your community. And we'll walk alongside you as you do that in your community to educate others. An amazing blessing. Thank you so much. Monica Kelsey, Safe Haven Baby Boxes at shbb.org. Much love and gratitude to you. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. I think a lot of us were a little mystified recently when we saw reports on the news that some of the cold and flu remedies that were so traditional that we had been taking so long as a population, um, we just assumed they were helping us to get better. Things like Sudafed and and uh, Theraflu and things like that, we we just assumed they were helping. And that's what we had to, to go for when we would feel sick. But according to the latest reports, they said, this stuff is just a placebo. It's never worked. It'll never work for you. And I think a lot of us then were left with, well, then now what? Dr. Nasli Latifi is here. She is the co-founder and chief scientific officer at Applied Biological Laboratories. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, for having me. I'm really excited to speak to some about something I'm really passionate about. Well, I'm glad you're passionate about it because I I really was scratching my head thinking, okay, now what? Now what are we supposed to do? It's coming up on cold and flu season, and um, but the old standbys are no longer available, and apparently weren't even good for us to begin with. So. What have you done? What have you found out um, with your research and the science uh, behind your laboratories there? Is there something that we can turn to now that might be better? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. First, um, I'll do a little bit of a history. So the FDA, um, you know, obviously has uh, been, have faced a lot of controversy, but um, 
at the end of the day, it's a government or- organization that wants to help people and wants to keep the public safe and um, also give the public options. So when people are sick, they want to be able to take something. And a lot of these ingredients were developed in the 1950s um, where the science was not as advanced as it was today. And, um, you know, people had symptoms and they wanted to be able to take something. So a lot of these ingredients like phenylephrine, like you mentioned, and a lot of other ones, dextromethorphan, guafenicine, which is in mucinex, um, and pseudoephedrine, and even acetaminophen, which is in Tylenol. They're all proven not to work. Um, they all uh, came on the market about the same time. And, um, you know, it was basically based on consumer experience, how how people felt when they took these products. And they felt good because what they do is they numb you. So they felt good, but only for a short time. Um, and then there is a rebound effect and all these other issues um, that now we have the science to understand why it's happening. And more importantly, um, we our research has been focusing on what really happens. Um, we have the ability to use tools now that weren't available back then in the 1950s. Um, and research progresses in line with the tools that are available. So we were able to use the latest tools that are available in other fields and apply it to the respiratory system and to really drill down and just and 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 figure out what's happening. Um, and um, the FDA hopefully uh, will catch up as um, you know we're we're leading the way in the new science and we're the first ones that are at the forefront of taking this new science and making it into a product. So hopefully we'll lead the way into changing um the products and what's available to people and do you do you have one already that's being tested that uh that you've come out with uh yes actually um we have our product has been on the market for two years it's called biovanta b-i-o-v-a-n-t-a um now it's available as a dietary supplement in a throat spray and lozenge and it's also available as an over-the-counter drug which has aspirin um which we specifically chose and we use the lowest possible dose of it um we use aspirin specifically and not ibuprofen or acetaminophen which is in tylenol because it works specifically on the pathway that causes respiratory inflammation and um the other ones don't they do address pain but both ibuprofen and acetaminophen have been studied um, for cold and flu symptoms, and they haven't proven to reduce the duration of the illness, although um, they do lower fever, but they don't overall reduce the duration of the illness. But I aspirin see. does. Yeah. And aspirin does. Yeah. So BioVant, and are there other properties in it that you said that, um, like, I'm trying to think of what bothers me the most when I get a cold or a flu. Obviously, there's... Um, you know, regular things. Sometimes there's a cough. Sometimes there's a sore throat. Sometimes there's headache um, and body aches and things like that. What what else would be maybe the stuffiness that comes when your eyes start to water and your nose is full? Um, do, does anything in BioVantin help those symptoms? Yes, actually, uh, we're publishing a clinical trial right now, and it works on all of the symptoms. It um, has a blend of anti-inflammatory and immune-boosting ingredients to work on multiple fronts. 
Uh, we've been working on this formula for 10 years and uh, we based it on uh, what is actually happening, the, the biochemical pathways. And it's interesting that you mentioned the different symptoms. And what we found is that um, all of the symptoms are linked. So this is what we found in our clinical study, which we're publishing now. And that there was some research on it before as well, but it's really like all about inflammation. So everything is linked. If you think about it, um, you know, your nose goes down to your throat um, and your ears are connected down to your throat also. So the inflammation in one area really affects the other areas. And um, BioVanta, even though it's a throat spray, um, it uh, it does have menthol and wintergreen oil, which are vapors, which you inhale through your nose and it helps you that way. But it also addresses the inflammation, which is also going to help your whole respiratory system. That's great. And are some of the ingredients natural in, in, inside BioVanta? So they're things that aren't going to be dangerous to take? It's entirely natural. It's made of 100% natural ingredients. Um, that's one of the uh, values of our company is to work with nature because we feel that nature has inherent wisdom. Um, and we should always use nature as a resource because um, in nature, nature has a way of healing itself. Um, you know, everything is interconnected and everything's a process. So, um, you know, if you have a way of getting sick, your body is going to have a way of healing itself. And, um, there is more wisdom in that than, um, you know, we can ever know and we have to be humbled by nature. So we follow nature and we formulate our ingredients around that. Um, but then we also, you know, there's a lot of things in nature that, um, you know, maybe weren't, you know, are not exactly formulated. So we also use science, um, to hone it and, um, to make sure that it, it's, uh, scientifically proven. This really sounds like good news to me because I've always been a little bit wary of some of these products that they seem to they say that they're going to help you in one way, but yet there are side effects in other ways that seem kind of dangerous. And so anytime I hear that you're mixing the science with natural um, remedies, I think that is really it's good news for us. Um, where can people find the latest on BioVanta? Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll tell you in one second, but I just want to, that that's a great point that you made. Yes. Because, um, a lot of modern medicine and modern pharmaceuticals really focus on one aspect, one specific aspect of the pathway, what's going wrong. We take a more holistic approach, um, and work with the natural mechanisms. And, um, yes. So BioVanta can be found on our website. It's BioVanta.com, B-I-O-V-A-N-T-A.com. Um, we're also being sold, um, at leading pharmacies nationwide, uh, CVS, Walgreens, Walmart, um, Kroger's, Publix. Um, I can't keep up. They're always adding them, but, um, on our website, you can, uh, order it for delivery, um, within one to two days or on Amazon, or you can put in your zip code and find a pharmacy near you. That is so great to know. Thank you so much, Dr. Nasli Latefi with good news. For the just in time for the golden flu season, BioVanta might just be the thing that will help you. I'm so grateful to have you on today. Thanks for coming on The Way Home. Thank you. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Once again, here's Laura. Well, I don't know. My mom and I have been having this uh, sort of, I wouldn't call it, it's not an argument. It's just a, a difference of opinion. 
And it goes on for years and years because my mother to this very day, she has to have a glass of milk, cow's milk, with dinner every single day of her life. And so I always say, you know, mom, there are other options out there where you can get your nutrition um, and it's it's more humane and and you might even like the way it tastes better. Nope, she won't give it up. She's from that era where you were taught that you had to drink your milk in order to get your teeth strong and your bones strong. So uh, today I have someone who really knows the facts, who understands uh, what all the nutritional benefits are from Heine and the humane aspect as well. Her name is Marissa, and she is from PETA, and she helps to empower young people, young people to learn about um, the different choices they can make when, you know, make, making, baking, or drinking anything. So uh, Marissa Price, social media manager for PETA, it's nice to have you here today, and maybe you can settle the score between my mom and me. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I will certainly try. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I drink oat milk, almond milk, um, and uh, once in a while, soy milk. Not so much anymore, but I because re- I just love the the flavor of the oat and the milk. But it, and it's always flavored with like, you know, cookies and cream or creme brulee, all these amazing things. Um, and I put them in my coffee. So um, what is my mother uh, coming from just another era where we they were taught, they were told, you know, in media that you had to drink your milk in order to be strong and healthy. What what are the facts behind this? Yeah, definitely. I mean, nutrition science has definitely come a long way. Uh, I think, you know, we obviously still have a long way to go, but we've learned a lot. Like we've learned now that, you know, cow's milk is filled with saturated fat and cholesterol. And, you know, many Americans suffer from high cholesterol and the leading cause of death for most Americans is heart disease, um, which obviously high cholesterol contributes to that. Um, Also, cow's milk doesn't have any fiber in it. And it's also linked to cancer, uh, diabetes, obesity, and even osteoporosis. So, you know, you mentioned something, you know, the older, older uh, misconception that that milk could help with bones, uh, bone growth. It's actually studies have shown the opposite in in the last uh, about twenty years of the the scientific study. It's found that dairy consumption causes bone loss because it leaches calcium from the body instead of preventing it. Um, so we know much more now. We know that it's it's not a health food at all. But you know, of course, the dairy industry does pay advertisers to continue to try to mislead consumers. So it's understandable that some people might be confused. Yeah, you mentioned uh, calcium. So that is the I forgot to mention that is her other argument. She's like, this is how I need to get my calcium every day. And I said, well, you can take supplements. But I said, you know, a lot of uh, even orange juice is fortified with calcium now. So there are many other ways to get it. So um, part of those things. So let's move to what you call vegan milks or uh, plant-based milk. Um, And tell us, there are more than I mentioned. I know there's coconut milk also, uh, rice milk um, Mm -hmm. that people drink. And are these, you said they, the other one does not have fiber. Do these have fiber in them? 
Yeah, most of these do contain fiber in them. Usually uh, most anything that is plant-based does contain fiber, which is great because most Americans uh, by far, I think it's over 76% at least, uh, usually don't get enough fiber on a daily basis, which can cause a lot of uh, bathroom, uncomfortable bathroom issues, of course, and it really lead to some serious health issues like um, colon cancer. Um, so a lot of these do contain fiber. And like you said, they have vitamin D in them. They have calcium in them and um, protein. And, you know, some I think some other ones you mentioned a lot, soy, almond, oat, coconut. Um, we've also got pea milk, cashew milk, hemp, flax, rice, and even some really uh, luxurious sounding ones of hazelnut and macadamia nut milk, which I can attest are are just as, you know, delicious as they sound. Um, so yeah, great options. And, you know, none of these have cruelty of the dairy industry, nor do they have cholesterol or hormones. So hormones are also found in cow's milk. Um, a lot of, uh, of dairy industry companies will put growth hormones into their cows um, to make them grow faster and to produce more milk because that is more profitable for them. But of course, there are brands that say um, brands of dairy milk that say no added hormones. Um, but you have to remember, you know, cows are mammals, just like humans. Um, so just like a, a human woman's breast milk would contain her hormones, same thing with a cow. So it contains estrogen and progesterone. So that's going to, you know, come into your body and, and potentially give you unwanted estrogen and, and progesterone and could really mess up your own body chemistry. Right. And not to mention, I'm thinking about the little baby cows. Um, do the, the calves, uh, when, when you have a dairy cow and, and they calve, do they calve? Do they calve dairy cows? So, yes, like all animals raised and killed for food, you know, cows used by the industry suffer constant abuses throughout their lives. And that's one abuse in particular that a lot of people don't hear about very often. It's the forced separation of newborn babies from their mothers. So, just, you know, like humans, cows only produce milk for their babies. So they only produce milk after they've had a baby. Um, so because of that, cows in the dairy industry are kept constantly pregnant. Once they have the baby, the baby separated for them usually within 24 hours, and then they'll never see their baby again. And then the mother is hooked up to milking machines for a few months, and they will milk as much milk out of her as she can, often causing sores and, and painful mastitis. And then they re-impregnate her and do it all over again until her body starts to wear down from this constant terrible treatment about four or five years in. And then they'll send her to slaughter. When normally cows could go on living healthy lives for over 20 years if they weren't in this dairy farm condition. Um, so we know that mother cows, you know, really love their babies. And um, this is really traumatic, you know, for the cow and her calf to be separated. Mother cows have been known to search fields for miles, hoping to be re reunited with their babies. There are videos where cows are known to chase after transport vehicles that are taking their babies away from them. You can see some of these on PETA.org. Um, and there's also been stories, you know, among farmers where Cows hide their babies from the farmers to try to avoid that separation because they know every time they have a baby, the baby will get separated from them. Oh, it's just heartbreaking. It really is. It's heartbreaking, you know, and PETA has always, you know, done the work to, to show the darker side of these practices that, you know, like we are led to believe are just super 
easy and humane and and then actually even healthy for you and things when when they may not be so i i so appreciate you for that and um but for people who think that it's hard to find those those other types of milks and um they're really basically you can get them almost anywhere now right it used to be just maybe a whole foods or a health food store but any mainstream supermarket now has soy and rice and um you know different nut milks so i really it's it's not like you can't find them anymore correct absolutely they are available pretty much everywhere now you know there's been such a decline in the consumption of dairy in the last couple of years and a huge uh, surge of increase of demand for vegan milks so you really can find them at any supermarket, anywhere that you would probably normally go to buy dairy milk, you could probably find at least five different vegan milk options um, that are available because, you know, people are learning about how how upsetting the dairy industry is and how just totally unnecessary that cruelty and that violence is. Um, you know, like, like you were saying, it's heartbreaking to hear about what happens to cows in the dairy industry. And there's no reason. There is, there is no defense to continue to support that industry. It really doesn't align with most people's values. Most people are heartbroken when they do hear about that. And it's really contrary to, you know, what most people believe in and definitely contrary to, you know, what we're celebrating during the holidays, like around this time of year, you know, we're coming together, kindness and giving. Um, and there's nothing kind about the dairy industry. So it's, it's really easy, especially right now, uh, now and forever to be able to go to your supermarket anywhere, you know, Walmart, Target, and go sample all these different types of vegan milk. You know, there's even like you mentioned, the specialty fun flavored coffee creamers. I too am a fan of those um, that are available. I have like an oat milk based like maple cream one right now. And my mm. friend, it's wonderful. Yeah. And there's even vegan eggnog that you can buy or make at home. It's, um, and it's also delicious. Beautiful. Wonderful to know. Thank you so much, Marissa Price, social media manager for PETA here talking about the wonderful benefits of different uh, milks that are completely healthy for you and good for uh, cows and their babies. So I love that on this time of the, around the holidays. Thank you so much. And I appreciate it. I know that we can go to PETA.org to get more information. That's PETA.org. Thank you so much, Marissa. Thank you so much. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Once again, here's Laura. Well, Charlie Neal is someone who is pretty legendary when it comes to the world of broadcasting and play-by-play in sports uh, for some of the biggest networks in the world, ESPN and uh, BET. But uh, he is currently doing play-by-play for HBCU Go, which we're going to hear all about. And I'm just uh, amazed to be talking with someone of who has been a legend in this business for so many years. Charlie Neal, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you, Laura. Thanks for having me. So, my goodness, you you have been in every major city in the world uh, doing uh, sports radio, uh, sports radio TV. Um, you started your career, though, in uh, radio as a disc jockey. I think a lot of us did that. Um, but it, you have done this for so many years. How long have you been actually... Um, in this arena of, of being a sports anchor and, a, and an announcer? Well, I actually started in television in 1971 in Washington, D.C., but in terms of the play-by-play aspect of it on a regular basis, that came about 43 years ago, uh, almost 44 at BET, 
1980. And uh, been fortunate uh, to to last <laughs> that long. You know how it is in this business. Sometimes they put you out the pasture <laughs> after a certain oh, amount of years. <laughs> that is understand. for sure. And yet, look at you. You're. I mean, you're. T- I mean, you're talking decades upon decades. But you know, when you're a legend, um, some people are just finally smart enough to realize those are the best people to have. And now you're doing something that's historic in its own right, doing play-by-play for HBCU Go, which is a platform for the historic black colleges and universities, correct? Yes, it is. Uh, it's a, it, HBCU Go came about, BET for many years did historically black colleges and universities. And then when Bob Johnson decided to uh, jettison that uh, and, and sell BET uh, to Viacom, that uh, that weekly platform from an HBCU perspective kind of went by the wayside. ESPNU kind of tried to pick it up a little bit when they launched in 2005. In fact, I did the first ever football game on H- on ESPNU, uh, which was an HBCU game. It was Morehouse College out of Atlanta against Benedict College. In fact, Denzel Washington's son was playing for, for Morehouse in that particular game, and that was in 2005. And, of course, they continue to uh, give exposure to historically black colleges and universities for a number of years. And then HBCU Go came about two years ago with the brainchild of Curtis Simons, who was a former executive vice president of BET. And he said, hey, let's do something to give even more exposure to what ESPN is doing to for HBCUs. And let's uh, bring back. The, the same type of exposure that BET was giving them for, for so many years, for 24 years, in which I was a part of, and he wanted to make sure that I was a part of what uh, HBCU Go was doing. Wow, absolutely. That makes all the sense in the world. And um, I mean, you're so vast. I mean, you've covered practically every sport there is, and I mean, including even what, uh, tennis and bowling and and everything else. But um but doing this must must feel very rewarding because these historically uh, black colleges and universities, um, they really have their own dynamic and their own. I mean, just within them, just probably think like you said, the mainstream isn't covering it as in depth as it, as it could be. And, and you have an opportunity to do that um, from the inside out. What um, so you're doing play by play now. Uh, are, is this some a platform that people can get on TV, or is it a, a streaming platform? You can get it both on regular television and on their phones. Uh, basically, uh, they, they're syndicated. Uh, we've syndicated throughout the country this past year. Uh, KCAL, California, stations in New York, Chicago. I mean, uh, regular television stations, in addition to cable, um, the... the uh, Direct TV has a channel 342. You can get it on your phone, Android or Apple. The nice thing about uh, a lot of our programming, uh, if you can go to HBCU.TV and you can get the schedule, but you don't have to be sitting in front of a television in order to see our, our games. Uh, you can get the app sports.tv. And on that app, there's a number of sports uh, platforms on there, including HBCU Go and it'll give you the schedule of all of our games, what time they come on. In fact, on Saturdays now we do doubleheaders uh, with all of the conferences and, and schools that we do. The women will uh, tip off at 1 p.m. Eastern, 
and that is followed by the men uh, from the, that same two institutions, those same two institutions, which will play at 3.30. So that's, uh, that's giving a, a, a lot of exposure. And like I said, you don't have to be sitting in front of the TV. You could be at another sporting event uh, out shopping. You can still watch our games on your phone. That is wonderful, isn't it? I mean, I'll tell you what, it just, it, it's incredible, you know, media these days and how, how one can consume it and, and stay on top of everything. HBCU uh, Go also has other types of events besides sports that they cover too. Don't they do cultural events for the colleges and, and different, uh, you know, special events, um, that aren't just sports? Yes, they do. And that, that's one of the things is, is being able to uh, expose the cultural diversity that is out there, not only uh, on the college campuses, and that's important, but in the African uh, African American community uh, as a whole. And one of the things that we did this past year with football is we added, uh, in addition to the traditional sideline reporters talk about the game itself, we added what we call a sights and sounds reporter, which dealt with more uh, off off the football field type of uh, situations, what's happening in the classrooms on these campuses, what's happening in terms of some of the other uh, non-traditional conversations that you may have going into a historically black college or university campus. Plus also taking advantage of some of the issues that when I say issues, I shouldn't say issues, but some of the other things that are happening leading up to a particular game, such as, the tailgate parties and, and dealing with alumni situations and and uh, the fraternities and sorority uh, events that are happening on these campuses. Yeah, really cool stuff, especially for people who are immersed in it or students themselves. Um, this is it's a it's a whole world that is is highly you know loved and regarded, and people you know have always been fans but this gives people an up close and personal opportunity to really get into it and again you being the legend that you are and it's just wonderful i'm so grateful that um they recognize that it's more important to have someone a legacy voice a legacy uh talent uh to bring on to it you know it sometimes just it makes all the difference in the world. So Charlie Neal, play-by-play for HBCU Go. That's the name of it, HBCU Go. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, long live your illustrious career. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, Laura, you have a good good holiday, a safe holiday, and thanks so much for having me. I thank you. You as well, sir. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, that was such a jam-packed show of great information, wonderful guests. I'm so grateful for that. But I'm always grateful, too, that at the end of every program, we get to hear some good news from our good friend, the guru of good news, uh, Jim Cleefield. Hi, Jimmy. Uh, how are you doing, LJ? And I guess the two words to start this story would be hot dog, literally. I'll tell you why. This comes out of Norman, Oklahoma. The story is about Scott Hasek. He runs a hot dog establishment in Norman, Oklahoma called Spirals Hot Dogs and More. I don't know how long he's been doing it, but I guess you can say it was kind of a a Christmas miracle of sorts. Uh, Not that long ago, it was about December 20th. He was outside the establishment one day, and it was a very slow day because of the holidays, perhaps. He's 
waiting for some customers, and they're just not showing up at all. They're just not banging down the door, and he's just standing there. Well, guess what? Something out of the blue just happened. A random customer showed up by the name of Neil Chappelle, who, uh, by the way, is also uh, an Oklahoma Army National Guardsman. He decided, uh, and it happened to be his Wednesday hot dog meetup with one of his coworkers. You know what he did? Randomly, he took a picture of the establishment, and he decided to post it on social media, both his Snapchat and Facebook. But as I've said many times on the show, LJ, about how you know social media is many things to many people, but this really made an impact. On his Facebook, he posted about this store, this establishment. He wrote a positive review. Guess what? It got 2,000 shares, not likes, shares. That's amazing enough. And in the blink of an eye, this guy went from zero customers to 70, flooding the establishment. Everybody showed up, all because of this random post. And you can imagine the absolute joy on Scott's face, and he's just so grateful to him. Well, now, fast forward about a week later, the two had a little love meeting together, and, and he just thanked him for doing it, because Chappelle had offered to take that post down originally, and Scott said, no, 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 please keep it up there, because I really need the business. He was just so f- grateful to him, and uh, just thank him for his generosity, because this one random post literally changed the trajectory of his business. I mean, it was bustling, and for all we know, it's going to be booming. So I guess to sum this all up, LJ, you might say that Scott is enjoying this success with relish in more ways than one. (laughs) Perfect ending right there. Oh, my goodness. Well, I love that. Power of social media, power of support from your neighborhood, from your community, and truly what it means to um, a small business owner, they, to me, are the lifeblood of our communities. I'm so grateful for them. And whatever it takes to keep them up and going, it's the human beings behind those small businesses that mean so much to all of us and keep this country just so fabulous. So that's a great one. I loved it. Hot dog there. Hot and dog. Uh, now you're making me hungry. Um, thank you, Jimmy, so much. Thank you, Bob, for another uh, program. Actually, the first program of the new year. And uh, I look forward to stepping into year five of The Way Home with Laura Smith. And with all of you listening, thank you so much. May you continue to keep your resolutions up and just have a wonderful time no matter what you're doing. And stay safe. Lots of love. I'm Laura Smith. <laughs>